Welcome to The Heart Zone, featuring George Cannon. This broadcast is a time of teaching and encouragement from Kerwinsville Christian Church. For more information, we invite you to visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. And now for a message from The Heart Zone. Here's George Cannon. Folks, we've been on an earth walk. We've been journeying through the life of Jesus Christ, trying to grasp who He is, because the reality is, as we think about our concepts of Jesus oftentimes aren't based upon the Bible. It's maybe based upon something else we've heard or some assumption that we have about Jesus Christ. But we've been in the Gospel of Luke, journeying through Luke, trying to grasp who he is and what he is saying and how we can apply that to our life. And as we've been in Luke chapter 7 and Luke chapter 8, we've kind of noticed that Luke is really focusing on the issue of responding to Jesus. He talks about that there are two different types of people. There are those who can't quite understand, who can't get it, who don't want to get it. And then there are those who respond because they realize who he is and they respond to his word and apply it. And so we've been looking at this whole aspect over the last few weeks, and we're going to kind of bring it to a closure today as Luke kind of wraps it up with the whole issue of who Jesus' true family is. Because the reality is, is Jesus has a family. He was born of a virgin, Mary. But Mary and Joseph had other children. We know that he at least had brothers. We know two of them, because they're writers of the New Testament, James and Jude, and there were others. So there's Jesus in his humanity. He has brothers, family. But in this passage today, Jesus is going to tell us who his true family is. And I think there's a significance there for us, because we're going to look at both aspects of it. So notice with me, we're going to look at three verses, verse 19 through 21. Then his mother and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. And it was told him by some who said, Your mother and your brothers are standing outside desiring to see you. But he answered and said to them, My mother and my brothers are these who hear the word of God and do it. So let's look. We're going to look at, we're going to basically break this passage down into two two significant sections. We're going to break it down to concerning his human family, and we're going to see some things about his human family. We're actually going to see that his human family is a lot like our family. And then we're going to see who his true family is. So I want you to notice with me verse 19. Notice what it says there. You know, obviously Jesus is in the midst of his ministry. Jesus is teaching. Jesus is healing. There are multitudes there. I mean, I mean, people are just trying to get to Jesus. Jesus, people is, people are surrounding Jesus. He's hard to get to. And we read in verse 19, and then his mothers and brothers came to him and could not approach him because of the crowd. Three things I want you to see. Three things we're going to see that come out of the scripture that I want you to help you to understand about his human family. The first thing is, is that they felt that Jesus should be available to them. You can almost picture it. There's Jesus. 
he's laboring, he's working, he's, he's reaching people. People are coming to him. He's casting out demons. He's, he's making the blind see. He's helping the lame to walk. He's, de- sickness and disease cannot be in his presence. He's teaching. He's thronged by people willing to hear. People wonder if he's the Messiah. People say he is the Messiah. He's got people who are criticizing him. He's just swamped. And in the midst of this crowd, maybe he's in a building, maybe he's outside the building, but the crowd is huge, his mother and brothers show up. Now, we know from Mark that they weren't showing up to be proud of Jesus, because in Mark chapter 3, verse 21, it says that when his own people heard about this, they went out to lay hold of him, for they said, he's out of his mind. So his family's showing up to, quote, gain possession of him because they think he's out of his mind. He's lost it. So here they are. They're approaching the crowd. And because they're his family, they think that they can have, what? Special access to him. That's where his human family's at. They think they have a right to, to Jesus. They felt that Jesus should be available to them. Period. Let's go on. There's a couple things I want you to see. We don't, we don't see it necessarily, but the implication is there. They sought to manipulate him. John records this in the second chapter, in verses 2 through 4. He says this about Mary. And now, folks, I understand that there are some of you who maybe were raised to venerate Mary and to put Mary on a special plane or whatever, but I want you to understand the Bible nowhere does that. It only says that she was a righteous girl that was chosen to carry Jesus. It doesn't say anything with her about being out of sin. The reality is, is that Mary is just like you and I. Mary sins. And, and I'll be honest with you, what I'm going to share with you in a moment, Mary is a typical mom. Now, I'm going to get myself in trouble here, but it's okay. Because I'm getting in a vehicle and driving to Virginia after this meeting, okay? And being a typical mom... Oh, you guys don't look at your mom now when I say this, okay? She manipulates... I heard that, ooh. John, in fact, records an incident. John chapter 2, verse 2 through 4. Now, when both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus, that's Mary, said to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, now listen how Jesus responds. This is how we respond to our appearance, isn't it? Woman... What does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. What's going on there? She knows Jesus can settle it, and she's trying to what? Be the good mom, and not come right out and say, Jesus, take care of it, but kind of, you know, we've run out of wine, Jesus. They sought to manipulate him. Jesus comes from a normal family, folks. And he's got a mother who tries to use motherly ways to guide her children. So we see that. We see that they felt that they should be available to him. We see that they 
sought to manipulate him. There's another thing that I want you to understand here, and this is this about his family. They did not truly grasp who he is. They didn't truly grasp who he was. Now, the scripture does say that Mary pondered these things in her heart. From the very beginning, obviously, she was told from the very beginning that there was something special about him. But even in Luke, remember just earlier in Luke, when we go to Luke chapter 2, when he's teaching, you know, they they went down for the feast or whatever, and then they leave, and that Jesus is not with him. They go back a day's journey back to Jerusalem, and they find him and say, you know, I can see her. What are you doing here? You should have been with us. And he's like, what's the problem? I'm doing my dad's business. They didn't comprehend. She can't comprehend. He doesn't comprehend. In fact, John, again, the Gospel of John, the 7th chapter, verses 3 through 5, this is where his brothers are at. Now think about this. If you live with Jesus, perfect, without sin, God in your midst, and he's your older brother. And I want you to notice what John says in the 7th chapter. His brothers therefore said, to him, depart from here and go into Judea that your disciples may also see the works that you're doing. For no one does anything in secret while he himself seeks to be known openly. If you do these things, show yourself to the world. And here's what John records. Here's what it says. For even his brothers did not believe in him. Isn't that interesting? Let me stop for a moment. Think about this before I make my point here. How many times have we thought, boy, if if Jesus was only here, people would just believe? How many of you had that thought? I've had that thought, right? Jesus lived with his family. And what does the Bible just tell us? They didn't believe. See, they don't truly grasp who he is. They thought they had access to him. Okay, boy, he's a famous guy. We have access. They didn't have access to him. You know, they can't get to him. Everybody else wants to get to him. They sought to manipulate him. But they don't truly grasp who he is. That he's God in their midst. They don't grasp it. Now, as we look at that, I'm going to be honest with you, that's where we're at. When you look at those three things, that's exactly where we're at. Number one, we think we have special access to Him anytime we want to. And we're very flippant about how we go to Jesus and the stuff we ask Him about. Think about some of the stuff that we ask for in prayer. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, everybody's going home, and you've got to make a stop in downtown Clearfield, and you want a parking place, you can't find one, Jesus, I need a parking place. Better yet, how about Walmart? Jesus, I need one that's like right there by the door. I don't want to take that pregnant lady spot. Somebody might see me do that. I'm tempted because I've got a schedule. But I need your help, Jesus, to get a parking place. Simply because we don't want to walk. Think about the stuff. We think we have special access to him. And here's what we do. We try to manipulate him, too, don't we? Jesus, if I do that. Jesus, I help pack those boxes. 
Jesus, I gave a little extra for those boxes. I bought one more toy than normal. Jesus, I was good. I didn't get in a fight with my wife. I didn't get in a fight with my husband. He deserves it. But I bit my tongue. Now, Lord, see how good I am? Isn't that what we do, folks? And the reality is, is that third point just hits us right. We don't truly grasp who he is. We don't grasp it. That was his human family. That was his human family. They don't grasp it. They don't grasp who he is. But Jesus tells us something. As we look there, verse 21, he tells us who his true family is. He tells us who his true family is. Look with me, verse 20 and 21. He says this, And when it was told to him by some who said, Your mother and brothers are standing outside desiring to see you, but he answered and said to them, My brothers and my mother and my brothers are the, these who hear the word of God and do it. Folks, out of this we see four things that tell us about the true family of God. Here's the first one. It's implied right there in the passage. God's will takes precedent over everything else. Folks, this is his family. This is the mother who bore him. This is his brothers. And Jesus is basically saying, yeah, they're my family, but God's will, me doing God's will, is more important than them. Folks, that's a theme throughout the Bible. Jesus even says later in the Gospels, if you love your family more than me, you don't love me. Now, that's hard for us here, especially in this section of Pennsylvania where we're so clannish and we're so family-oriented, the whole concept of something being more important than our family, we can't grasp it. But that's what God calls us to. He calls us to put Him on the, on the platform of being above everything else in His will. And that's what Jesus is saying there. His will above everything else. And sometimes it's a hard choice. And Jesus says his true family, in his true family, what he wants is more important. Now, some of you immediately are going to be thinking skeptically, well, I don't know if I agree with that, George. I, I don't know if I can truly grasp that because maybe he's going to ask me something that, you know, even I don't want. Listen, folks, God is perfect. He's perfect love. And whatever he wants for you is always going to be out of what's best for you. Period. And so the first thing we see there, we see it from Jesus' example, is that God's will takes precedence over everything else. Now here's what it says. Here's the other thing he's saying. One must truly hear what Jesus is saying. This is what he's saying. His family are those who truly hear what he's saying. So when Jesus speaks and Jesus tells you to do something, it's more than just, yeah, I think I hear that, and going, and, and you know, how, how many of you... Men especially, we're, we're good at this. We have developed the art of not listening. Have you noticed that, ladies? Not a lot of you agreeing with me. You tell that to your husbands, though. You're not listening to me. And, and we, 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 we can sit in a room, and you've got to understand what's going on with us, with us guys, ladies. We, we, we've got a lot going on today. The boss is on our neck, and we've got all this problem and this problem. And we're sitting there, we come home, and we're just vegging. We just want to sink into a chair with our drink and channel surf. 
Right, guys? Okay, I'm trying to. Nobody's supporting me here. And so you come and you sit down in your chair and you want to tell us about your day. And you tell us all of the details. No, you know you don't. You don't tell us all. You tell us everything else plus the details. And we look like we're listening, but we're not. Right, ladies? You know what? We may do that with our wives, but we can't do that with Jesus. The reality is, listen to me, the reality is is that Jesus says his true family, one must truly hear what Jesus is saying. You just don't hear it. You've got to take it and think about it. You've got to digest it. Mull it over in your mind. Meditate on it. That's what Jesus is saying here. You've got to go beyond just simply hearing a sound, but allowing the sound to enter in into your mind and comprehending what it's saying. This is what Jesus is saying. His true family are those who hear who truly hear what he's saying. That's the reality of what he's saying here. And he goes one step further. It's more than just hearing. He says you must act on what you hear. You've got to do something with what you hear. Folks, over and over in the Bible, James, I've already shared that with you last week, over and over, the issue is responding Jesus is saying that His true family, those who truly know Him, those who truly claim to know Him, are those who truly hear what He's saying, and then they take what they hear, and they apply it to their lives, and they act on it. Folks, listen to me. That is the difference. You know, people tell me, well, I got saved, oh, I got saved 20 years ago, I prayed that prayer, and you know what, I don't care about you praying a prayer 20 years ago. Jesus' true family are those who show that they hear and do what He says because He's their Lord. That's reality. If nothing has changed in 20 years, you're operating on a false profession. It's not the prayer that saved you. It's knowing who He is and having faith in Him and acting upon that. It's a commitment to Him. And His true family are those who truly hear what He's saying and they apply His Word to their life. And that's what He's calling our lives to. It's not a pick and choose thing. You know, we like multiple choice quizzes, don't we? Because we can, by simple matter of elimination, try to figure out the right answer. But that's not the way it is with Jesus. It's either you follow me or you don't. And the reality is is you've got to do one or the other. And that's what the issue is. How are you going to respond to Him? Those who are His true family respond to Him. They hear what He's saying and they do what He says. And that's what He's saying here. And there's one other point that He says here that I need you to understand. His family are those who truly respond. Folks, if you are here and you've placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ and you hear His Word, and you respond by faith, you act upon what he, it is that He is saying to you, you're part of the family of God. Period. In fact, the implication of the text is, when you look at the text and what He's saying here, 
You are more important than his human family. Isn't that awesome? Some of you need to hear that. Let me say that again. You are more important than his human family. Now, why do I, why do I need you to grasp that? Because some of you think that you're a red-headed stepchild with God. Some of you think, well, I've messed it up. There's no way he's ever going to love me again. You've totally missed the mark. You've totally not comprehended what's going on here. The reality is, is what he's saying to you is, is that if you hear what he says and you respond by faith to what he says, you're part of his family. You belong to him. And you are more important than his human family who didn't grasp it, who tried to manipulate him, who thought he was whacked out and crazy. You're more important than them. Isn't that an awesome thought? Next time you're feeling kind of down about yourself, think about who you really are. That you're a part of the true family of God. Isn't that awesome? It's okay, George. All right, I grasp his human family. I grasp, kind of grasp that true family thing. How do we apply it? Here's some thoughts. First one is a question. Let me ask you this question. And really think about this. Which family do you fit with? Which family do you fit with? Because here's what separates the two families. The human family, remember, they're trying to manipulate him. They think he's crazy. They don't grasp who he is. You know what the issue there is? The issue there is them and what they want. And when you look at the true family, who hears what he says, who responds to what he says, who God's will is a priority over everything else in their life, it takes precedent over everything else, the issue isn't their self, it's God. So when you look at your life, and you look at where you're at, and you look at your relationship with Jesus and God, what is the bigger issue, folks? Is it you or Jesus? Is it what you want from life, and your ambitions, and your dreams, and and what your little whim is, or is it what you want, Jesus, and that's more important than anything else? Is it pride or humility? That's the reality of it. Which family do you fit with? Folks, I'm going to be honest with you. When I look at the passage, when I look at my life, I have to say that I have kind of fit with the first one myself. When I think back through the prayers that I've offered, when I think back through the things that I'm doing, even even my pastoring sometimes, I have to be honest with you, I have to say, I fit with the first group more than anything. Which group do you fit with? When you think about the desires and you think about the stuff you want, is it more important to you to do what Jesus is telling you to do or is it more important to have what you want in life? That tells you which family you belong to. Which one do you belong to? Here's the other one. Are you really listening? Are you really listening? Are you just sitting there and, oh yeah, you can, here's what I do. I can repeat back to you what you said that doesn't necessarily mean I grasp it. 
How many of you have developed that art? I have. One honest dude in the whole place. He said, yes, he developed Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Your wife sits there and tells you, and you can, uh, oh, yeah. And she'll say, what did you just say? Blah, blah, blah. You drive it right back. You still don't comprehend anything she just said. Is that listening, folks? No. We do the same thing with God. Are you really listening to what he's saying to you? Or are you ignoring it? Because here's the thing. Depending on which group you fit with will determine whether or not you're going to listen. Listen, folks, this is confession time for me for a little bit. Because I know there are times when God has told me specifically in that still, small voice, George, I want you to do this. George, I need you to do this. George, this is what I want from you. And, and I'll be honest with you, I will ignore it. Because what George wants means more to me than what Jesus wants sometimes. That's where I'm at sometimes, folks. I'm just being honest with you. That's where all of us are at. Because we fit more with his natural family than we do with what? His true family. And the question is, are you really listening to him? You say, George, I want to listen. Well, here's, here's a suggestion. Turn some stuff off. Get alone. Get quiet. Leave the MP3 player in wherever. Turn the cell phone off. Turn the radio off. And just listen. He'll speak to you. Are you really listening? And then finally, true response is reflected in action. This is what you need to grasp. If you are truly going to respond to Jesus, if you are truly going to do what Jesus is calling you to do, it's going to be reflected in what? Actions. You know, we're used to giving lip service, aren't we? I'll do that. I remember my dad would say, George, I want you to go outside and dust those collards. I hated that. In a minute, Dad. I mean, I literally had to be told, George, if you don't go out there and dust those collars, you're not doing anything this weekend. Okay, Dad. When you truly respond, when you truly respond, it's going to be reflected in your actions. Talk is cheap, folks. Here's what, can I be honest with you? Jesus is not impressed with us saying, we love Jesus. He's not expressed with, I love you, Jesus. I raise my hands to you. I sing my songs to you, Jesus. He's not impressed with that, folks. What he's impressed with is doing what he says. In fact, Jesus said that. If you love me, what? Keep my commandments. That's reality. So I guess the question comes down to, folks, which group do you belong to? Are you really listening to what he says? And if you're really listening to what he says, true response is going to be expressed in what? Action. Where are you at today? Thank you for being with us this morning. 
And we trust that today's message has been both challenging and an encouragement to your heart. At Kerwinsville Christian Church, a warm welcome is always extended to you. We're located at 700 State Street, Kerwinsville, Pennsylvania. For more information about our ministry, please visit us on the web at www.kerwinsvillechristian.org. Now, on behalf of George Cannon and the entire church family, we hope that you will look to the Heavenly Father in all that you face this coming week.